Welcome to the Outstanding Life Podcast with your friend, the Motivational Cowboy. A lot of you have heard me and heard me speak, and you, you've often heard me talk about a teacher that changed my life, that inspired me in high school. I went a lot of years thinking that um, I wasn't going to amount to much until I met this one teacher that changed my life in high school. So before I introduce her to you, I want you to listen to this. It's time for America to stand up and salute you, teachers. You greet our children each morning at the bell. You raise our children to speak and spell. You teach wisdom, knowledge, and morals. You inspire our children to reach for their goals. Without your help, our children would be lost. You teach to teach and give to give. In return, you ask for nothing unlike most. So thank you to all you teachers from all of us. That was written and inspired by this teacher that I am sitting here with right now. That's right. I have found her. I called her. And the weirdest part was, is I found her on Facebook and she agreed to sit with me right now. And it is my pleasure to introduce to you the person, the teacher that motivated me, that inspired me to be the person that I am today. Sitting with me right now in this podcast is my high school English teacher, Mrs. Mary Ann Fischetti Brewer. I can't even believe it. it's so weird sitting with you, here with you right now, and I'm actually calling you Mary Ann. It's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> it is for most of the students that I meet. <laughs> now you were a, a little nervous about about coming on the podcast. It was it was so cute and funny. You were like, um, um, send me the questions. And I was like, nope. And then I was like, okay, because I know that a few months ago when I first started the podcast, I would want people to send me the questions. <laughs> so I kind of knew what I was walking into. And then it was like none of them were used at all. It is an absolute pleasure to be sitting here with you right now. And what we just listened to was inspired um, by you. I mean, when I wrote that, I thought of you. I thought about the teachers that change people's lives. I'm going to jump right into this. And, and I want to know, I want to know exactly, um, you know, what was your background in education? Why did you want to get started teaching? And, and, and you know, um, why did you even become a teacher? You know, John, I never started out to become a teacher. So you just said, hey, after high school, you're like, hey, listen, I want to go to college and that's it? Oh, no, I wasn't even going to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. I really wasn't. My father was a business owner. And so I thought, well, um, growing up, I worked for him. I would continue for the rest of my life. I'd get married, have kids. Ah, bam! I'm <laughs> that's life for me. Right, right. So, um, what ended up happening was in high school, uh, which cemented that actually, he wanted me to take a um, economics class, and I went, no, no, so boring. I can't do it. I can't do it. And so uh, he begged me, and I said, I'll consider it. And I found out, I went to an all-girl high school, okay. and I found out who was teaching it. The handsome, <laughs> the gorgeous Mr. Gravalski. <laughs> so and you went to school because of a man. Well, <laughs> sort you of. girls. Well, well, I, I know, but this was an all-girl high school, and there were only, I think, two male teachers in the whole building. Right. So I thought, oh, he's so handsome, got to take the class. And I told my dad I was taking it, so he sort of thought he really talked me into it. And I didn't have the heart to show him the picture of Mr. Gravalski. Right, right. So, um, it, and then after that, um, he said, what about going to college? I go, Dad, I don't want to go to college because as what happened, your conversation and I had before, what happened to you happened to me. In high school, 
when I spoke with the counselor that I had that I was going to go to college, and she looked at my grades and looked at it, and she said, you know, I don't think you'll ever make it. Wow. She said, um, I think you ought to go to a trade school or something. Yeah. And I walked out of there in tears. Mm -hmm. How was I going to tell my parents? Um, so on and so forth. I was a social butterfly. I will say that. Right, right. Um, but uh, it ended up that my dad asked me, well, do you still want to go to junior college? And I said, let's try it, Dad. Let's try it. Yeah. And so um, I took two classes and worked full time, and I got two A's. Wow. I did. Now, was that here in Michigan? Yes. Okay. OCC. Okay, gotcha. Okay. And so then someone said, what are you going to go into? And I said, well, I always knew I wanted to help people, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't sure how. And I said, oh, I'll go into nursing. (laughs) Now, I was horrible in math and science. Why I chose nursing, I have no idea, but I just thought it would, you know, I could help people. Yeah. So I ended up uh, testing and everything, I was ad- uh, admitted, but they would not uh, let you directly get into the program for two more years. There was a wait. Okay. So I ended up, a friend of mine's sister says, why don't you go away to school? Oh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so I went to Western. Okay. Yeah. And I was very active in drama. I said, okay, I'll make, you have to put down a major and a minor. Right. I'll major in drama. Okay. And I can't remember what I put down for a minor. Right. And so uh, I didn't like it. It wasn't like high school, (laughs) you know? So, um, I mean, there were like hundreds and hundreds, you know, in that program. So um, I just went along and took my core classes and then took English. And I ended up, instead of drama, I... Uh, focused in on interpersonal communications. Okay. And so I loved it. I loved it. Right. Didn't know what I was going to do with it, but I loved it, Uh, you know, and took speech classes and stuff like that. And then it was like, oh, I've got a year and a half left. What am I going to do? Or two years left. What am I going to do? And I remembered as a kid playing teacher all the time. Right. And I taught catechism. Wow. And I said, okay, I think that's what I want to do. Yeah. So I didn't start off. You weren't that little girl at three years old that knew that she wanted to be a teacher her whole life. No. You kind of fell into it. It's like almost like God led you to become a teacher. I think so. I think that's how it happened. And What what did your dad say? Was your dad excited for you? Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Cool. Even though I he was, wanted you to, to probably take over the family business and stuff. Well, or? that wasn't as important to him. My other sister got into that route. But I think what it was was um, I was the first one on both sides of the family to graduate college. Yeah, just like my daughter. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you know how that feels, yeah, absolutely. you know? And so, um, and it was not easy to get a teaching job. So... Let's go. Were you good in college? I know you said you, you started off with two A's. Well, I did. And then I, I, I went to Western and I majored in Euchre. Okay. <laughs> and got a note from my dad. So so basically it was like everybody else that goes away to college. Yeah, you learn. You, you grew up real fast. I had to grow up real fast. Yeah. Learning, you know, how to do laundry, a lot of pink underwear, <laughs> um, you know, the whole gamut. And, you know, and so... Um, my dad said, one more term like that. I went spring term. I started in spring term. Okay. He said, we'll, we'll see at the end of summer. Yeah. And I brought my GPA up. So, so you graduate. Yep. You start looking for a job. No. no really? Uh, what ended up happening was my dad said, you know, you got your bachelor's. How about getting your master's? You okay. know, your master's degree. Yep. That's exactly what I said to my daughter. Okay, Dad, I'll get my master's, and I'm glad I did. Yeah. I got it in reading, which went very well with my communications and English background. And so I did that, and I graduated. And guess what? 
happened next? What? He wanted me to get my PhD. Yep. That's where I said no. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Again, just like that. my daughter. <laughs> she finally <laughs> did the same thing. So So how long did it take? So you, you, you went and got a master's. Yeah. You you did well, obviously, because you, mm-hmm. you graduated. How long did it take you to start looking for a job after that? I tried right away. So when you say try, it was different then it was much harder to get a teaching teaching job than it is probably today. Yeah, because it was flooded. Right. Okay. Especially in my field, English. You know. What would do you remember thing. your first teaching job? Oh yes. Were, were you a substitute first, or were, did you jump right into teaching? No. So when you finally got a job, you were an actual teacher. I was an actual teacher. Do you remember that first day? Of okay, you went to college, you got your master's, you're smart, you're well, I was say bigger than everybody else, but you're kind of <laughs> tiny, so <laughs> they might have been bigger than you. The funny thing is, I don't know how tall you are. How, how tall are you? For, because obviously, just this is just under five foot, just under five foot. So she she's very tiny, and um, so you your first teaching job, you taught what and what grade? Okay, um, I taught reading. Okay. And, um, it was sixth, seventh and eighth grade. Wow. Okay. So they probably were your size. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, some were a lot bigger. (laughs) So what was it like that first day of school? Were you excited? Were you scared? Were you nervous? Or were you all three bundled up into one big hot mess? You know what? (laughs) I had such a great mentor. Okay. When I did my student teaching, it was middle school or junior high which was 7th, 8th, and 9th, right. middle school, 6th, 7th, and 8th. And, and, and I had such a great mentor who had a wonderful sense of humor, and I, I was great with it. Okay. I was great with it. Were you in a public school system? Yes. Were you in, because I met you, I went to uh, Aquinas, which was mm-hmm. a Catholic school, Catholic high school, and you first started teaching in a public school then. That's right. Okay. So was there a big difference between public and private? Huge. Really? Okay. And I think in different ways that people might expect. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that uh, the biggest difference between the public and uh, Catholic was that we had a community. Right. You know, um, and not only, you know, it it was everybody. It wasn't just the community of students, but it was the community with the teachers with them and then the community of the teachers. Right. We were a tight-knit group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I remember. I favor that with um, the administrator. Were you there with Father Reedon? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I... Yeah. I compliment him on that. Yeah. And, um, you know, good leadership. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything starts from the, from the top. top down. That's right. You And you know that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, any, any good leader does know that. Let me ask you this. What sure. would be one thing, one thing that you would love people to know about teaching and teachers? And, and, and here's what I mean. Yeah. We look at you teachers as modern day superheroes. We look at you that you're not, you're not human. You're not real. You are a teacher. You are this, you are that, and you don't have a life outside of teaching and, and being a teacher. Um, what would be one thing that you would want people to know about teachers or even teaching? It's very difficult I think for teachers to separate their work life from their home life because we bring our work life with us. Yeah. Well, because there's not enough time at school to do it. And and, and mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it over and over again. And now that I'm an adult, I have friends that are, that are teachers and they're constantly bringing the work home with them. And then that turns into, they're not spending time with their husbands and wives and their children, and they're not doing social things because of the fact they're still working. I mean, it, it, it's 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 like you're chasing that, and I don't know. It just seems like you're chasing that carrot that never stops until the end of the year, and then that carrot is is you know eaten a little bit, and then that new carrot is out there, and you're chasing that for another year, and then next thing you know, you've been doing it for thirty years. 
I don't know, but I mean, it just no, seems like that. No, that's exactly true. And then even in the summer, you know, my husband likes to joke with me. Oh, you teachers get the summer off. And I'm thinking, yeah, we do sort of, but we do need to decompress. Decompress, decompress yeah. because we've been so busy. So what do you teachers do in the summertime? I'm, you know what? I, I'm curious. What do you teachers do? Well, <laughs> I, I do have fun. Really? What kind of fun do you teachers have? Well, I love camping. Um, well, you? Yes. You, you actually will go camping in a tent or do you call it glamping okay, those... because you have a big camper that you go and you have like a chef okay, that goes John. with you okay, and everything okay. else. No, no, no. Time out. Time out. Okay. <laughs> Did the tent thing for many years. Right, right. Many, many years. But my back will not hold out to that anymore. So, yes, we have one of those trailers. Um, <clears throat> we just got it. Um, but... Uh, you know, camping, visiting with family that I've ignored. Yeah. You know, extended family. Um, the the idea of staying up late. Yeah. For fun. That wait, type wait a of thing. Yeah. Let's just stop there right now. So you teachers actually stay up late? You don't have bedtimes? <laughs> What's a bedtime? You know, what I'm talking about is doing what I want to do, not correcting those papers. I don't know if you remember, but I don't know if you had me for research paper. I don't, remember. I don't remember. All I know is I I knew for sure it was English, and I yeah. knew that it was a couple other maybe study hall and the, stuff like that. And you worked with me on a lot of things, and you pushed me into doing a lot of things, and you were very supportive. I have a question that I could not wait okay. to ask you. Uh-oh. When we had a day off, a snow day, yes. a rain day, a flood day, yes. whatever day, uh-huh. do you teachers get as excited as us students? Do you sit there looking at the TV wondering if you're not going to have school the next day? Do you guys get as, as excited as these students? I'm on the top of my bed doing happy dance. <laughs> <laughs> like the happy feet of the penguins. Yeah. I did my happy dance. Yeah, sure. What is one of your favorite memories about teaching? Now, now, now one thing I didn't let everybody know, you are retired, but... You were how long were you were even retired for? Because now you went back to work because you one One year year. you were retired for one year and then went back to work. So what do you remember? Like just one thing that really sticks out. And I know at different times of a day of a life, different memories come to you. But as sitting as us sitting you know in the studio right now, what's one memory that you can think of that you just thought you know what this is exactly why I do what I do. This is exactly why I became a teacher or this is, I don't know, or, or maybe it had nothing to do with teaching. It just had, it had a great memory of somebody coming to you and saying, Hey, you know what? Thank you. It's only an hour show. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. No. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think, you know, I am a senior, I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you know, John, um, I have, a number of memories. I can't. Everything from, I loved graduation. Really, I loved. Did you graduation. ever give the commencement speech at graduation? No, really, I never did. Now that's but, something I got to do. When my daughter was a salutatorian of yeah. her class, um, they booked me to be the keynote speaker before they. I even knew that she was going to be the salutatorian, and that was the only time in my career that I did not wear a cowboy hat because she asked me not to and it was (laughs) like it it was like speaking without a microphone because it just wasn't i felt naked it was it felt weird um graduation that that i that that you're right that is special do you do you remember any embarrassing times this maybe even in in the the beginning because i know even as a speaker i have those times please tell do i really want to tell this story well, I mean, I don't have a gun to your head, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to take your water away if you if you don't tell. <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> like how old were you? How many years were you into teaching? I mean, and then I was in my us. second year of teaching. OK. And they had, this is funny. I'm I'm human. They came out with these new bras that you hook in the front. OK. <laughs> so I'm up at the school board, the, the blackboard. And I'm writing down something, and all of a sudden, pop, I go, oh, my gosh. How do I, do I love it. 
how do I get out of this mess? <laughs> so I folded my arms and I had my desk. Thank goodness my desk was a little taller than me. Yeah, yeah. And I went under. <laughs> now, those of you that can't see what she's doing, she's actually trying to get underneath the table right now. And I was able to clip that thing back together again so right. I could go on teaching. And so as soon as I got home, that was thrown out. <laughs> But my second year of teaching, and I think the other one, the one with Father Reedon, um, my first year teaching at, uh, at Aquinas, and there was seniors, they were always playing pranks on me, and all of a sudden it was- well, Is I, that because you were short? Oh, because I was short and I was fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I did everything with a good yeah. sense of humor, and somebody yelled, surf's up. And they all got on their chairs and played like they were on surfboards right as Father Reedon is walking by the door. <laughs> Needless to say, I was called down to the office for a little bit. Having too much fun? Having too much fun, <laughs> yes. Have, in other words, have a little more control of your classroom. But yeah. Did you get reprimanded, reprimanded a lot in, no. your, in your career? No. Were you, were you mean as a teacher? Or, were, or, or did you go through stages, you know, in your career where you were maybe more strict than others, maybe because of the classes you had or maybe the, the year you were having? You know, the, I look back and yeah. there are some some classes that I wish I would have had more patience. Um, sometimes it's the dynamics of the students, mm -hmm. you know, and not. I was seasoned, but they don't teach you back then they didn't teach you really much on classroom management and things like right. that it was all by trial and error and uh there were some times where i just i be i would become so angry not that i would you know do weird things or bad things <laughs> but my voice would really rise in that you know yeah in that classroom because it was like i i wanted their attention and they just wanted to make it and, and it would escalate, you know, and there were times I'd walk out of my room and I do a pretend scream. So I go out of the room and I go, <laughs> and it was very quiet. But if someone were to look at a picture of that, they knew I was screaming. Yeah. Right. So just because it was frustrating at times. And that was towards like the last maybe eight years, the school was open. Right. Yep. Yeah. And okay. which things got a little different back then yeah. because the school was closing and stuff like yeah. that. So did you ever have to teach a subject that you really didn't want to? Because as a teacher, sometimes you, you are stuck teaching other subjects that maybe you do or don't want to teach, but you have to because they're paying you. Yeah. Have you ever taught yeah. a subject? One subject I didn't want to teach was research paper. Okay. Because out of all five classes, they were all research paper. Now, back then, there was no such thing as a computer. Right. So your index cards were all handwritten. It was just all, everything was handwritten. Right. Um, the other time, you know, I, being a Catholic high school teacher, um, I had another job. So I taught at Dorsey Business School next door. That's right. You did. Yeah. I remember that now. All from of a sudden, yeah. So you would go from from our school right next door. Four to ten. Yeah. Four nights a week. Wow. And a group of us teachers worked a bingo in Pontiac. <laughs> so we would drive all the way to Pontiac to work a bingo. But I had to teach a math a business math class. Right. And I was horrible at math. So the math teacher at Aquinas <laughs> would Go over the lesson before I taught it next door. Yeah. <laughs> Have you did 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 you ever teach a sport during teaching? Because I know a lot of teachers they will teach and then they will also coach sports coach. and stuff like that, or maybe drama class after school, or you know, being part of yeah. any of that. I I helped with the drama, but as far as teaching a sport, I don't know what I taught, but it I I was um, the cheerleading coach that first teaching job I got with middle schoolers. Okay. Yeah, I did that. That is so that is that is so funny. Let me ask you this. Um what would the students be surprised to find out about you? Uh my husband and I ride a Harley. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, I know that, and, and, you know and you're that, right. That that is so funny. And not only that, you guys don't only ride a Harley. First of all, and I didn't know that you camp though, or you glamp. Yeah. But also, you do something really, really sweet. You and I don't know how long you've been doing this, but you and your husband, uh, because Santa Claus cannot be everywhere, your he- husband looks like Santa Claus, and he helps out Santa during Christmas time. And you play Mrs. Claus as well. Is that how long you guys been doing that? Um, I think this season will be our eighth season. However, How did that happen? Uh, a principal I taught for uh, in the elementary uh, school, their son, unfortunately, his fourth tour of duty was killed in Fallujah. Oh. And so they um, wanted to do something in his memory and built a bed and breakfast up in Rogers City. It's really Millersburg. And what ended up happening was she invited us over to read to the kids um, for being good. Okay. And so uh, we went there and she gave us a card, a gift card. And I said, Jan, don't do that. We, we, we did it out of the goodness of our hearts. I said, so um, it ended up that um, I said to my husband, I said, maybe we can do this as a fundraiser and give yeah. it to Blum's Landing in honor of their son. Wow. Last name Blumberg. And uh, so you and talked so your husband into that. this. Yes. Wow. I thought it was him that talked you into this. No, I talked. That's awesome. Well, there were people who for years said, he looks like Santa. And I, and I, this, then this idea came about. Yeah. So this is a, a great question. And this one came in on social media and I have to ask you because I did put it out there that I was interviewing, you know, a teacher for uh-huh. the podcast. Um, what's one thing or things outside of academics that would recommend a, uh, a student get involved in or do that would help them grow as a person. So outside of just grades, what's one thing a student can get involved in or do to help them grow as a person? Community service or volunteering. Really? You know, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> I, no. I think whether it's at their church, yep. at the, um, local VFW, if they have a fundraiser, um, whatever it is, maybe tutoring little children with yeah. their ABCs at an elementary school. Okay. Um, whatever it is, because I really do believe that kids need to see and need to experience giving back to their community. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's, that, that is absolutely an amazing uh, answer. Oh, well, <laughs> what do you like on your first day of school? Did you have any traditions or superstitions that you would do on the first day of school? Maybe rituals? Well, I, I think the majority, especially secondary, uh-huh. you know, you go over the syllabus and you, the name, the seating chart and all those other kind of things and what the expectations are. But I was all business. I learned that. <laughs> I was all business because I can always let up later. That's right. But I can't pull in the reins once I lose them. What makes a good day at school for a teacher? Like I like I know as a student, you know, mm-hmm. if their teachers are nice to them or this person and, and kids were good to them, it was a good day. But for a teacher, what makes a good day for you guys? You know, good question, I, huh? It is. I I think if I have a few light bulb moments, it's a good day for yourself or for the student. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, I can work both ways, John. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I love to see when 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 a student all of a sudden the eyes open. Yeah. And then the hand goes up. <laughs> yeah. You know, just can't wait to answer. Or the student that you've seen all year that was so shy that never raised their hand, all of a sudden really come out of their shell. That has got yes. to be a really cool experience Absolutely. for you. It's like all of a sudden you're like, Johnny, holy cow, he's raising his hand. What? Yeah. You know, you don't have to go to the bathroom. You actually want to answer the, the question? <laughs> but yeah. You're right, though. It's true. You have been in a lot of different school systems. You have eaten a lot of different lunches. 
Throughout your career, I could not wait to ask you this question. What was your favorite dish from the cafeteria? I never ate from the cafeteria. <laughs> you, know, you, you always brought your own. I thought for sure you're, you were going to say coffee. <laughs> Did you uh, drink coffee yeah. and lots yeah. of it? Oh, yeah. I, I would say I was a half a pot, uh, coffee pot drinker. How do you and the teachers, even to this day, or maybe even listening to this, how did you guys keep it fresh and not fresh for the students, but even fresh for yourself? Because it could get really, really boring doing the same thing every year. How did you keep it fresh so it was fun for you? Because if, if you were having fun, the students were having fun. If the students were having fun, you guys were having fun. So mm-hmm. how did you keep it fresh? And not only that, but things changed from when you started to when you ended. Technology changed. I mean, a lot of things changed. So how did you keep things fresh? You know, I don't know if you know this, but um, there did come to a point I was going to quit teaching. Really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. How many years into you? Your... Um, That was back in two, I remember it. It was in 2001. Why is that? I I'm not getting personal, but the listeners, it's not me. The listeners want to, they want yeah, to know. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I'm going to blame them, not me. <laughs> I think I was tired of the same old, same old, same old. And I know all teachers are around uh, will attest to that. You know, it's always, it's, it got to be the point. It wasn't around, just about teaching anymore. Right. You know, the state really had more of a hold and more expectations. And so we're wearing five different hats and trying to. Would burnout be the right word? Thank you. Okay. You know, yes. And I think also the needs just kept on escalating and escalating with these children. And I think also is that the family unit isn't like it used to be. So you call a parent sometimes, and it's like, <clears throat> I had a parent ask me, so what are you going to do about it? And I go, no, no, wait a second. Um, you're with them at night, through the night, right. on the weekends. What are we going to do about right. it? absolutely. You know? And so I've left, I, I ruffled a few feathers, you know, yep. with some parents. Um, and so it was, you know, in correcting the papers and the this and the that. And it's like, that old song, is that all there is? Yeah. Okay, that yeah, came absolutely. to mind. So what happened was I started teaching English as a second language, and I did very well with it, but I thought I really need to be more educated. So I decided to go for my second master's. So you kept it fresh for you, which for meant me. you kept it fresh for the students. That's right. Because you lost control of you being happy. Yeah. It was for the students, and you finally had enough. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but no, it's, no, it, keep going. And, You're and, doing and, a good and job. then you, you had enough because you were making everybody else happy. You weren't happy. You finally almost quit, and then you realized, wait a second, if I become happy, which I will go back to school myself, I will learn something else. Therefore, that in itself refreshed who you were as a person, as a teacher, and then you carried on for the rest of your years mm-hmm. of teaching. And 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 am I right? I mean, maybe no. You're you're absolutely correct. And I think one of the things that I did for myself that was one of the best things, I stopped hanging around lunchrooms. Yeah, teacher lunchrooms. Yeah, negative. It's negative, and I don't want to hear about. And it's not even about. It's not even lunchrooms in uh, in schools. It's lunchrooms in businesses everywhere. Okay. Okay. I mean, no, no, no. And and I'm just saying it's like because of all the speaking of you know almost 20 years of speaking. That is the number one thing. It's like people say, well, how do you stay positive throughout the day? I said, well, don't go to lunch with everybody. Because all it takes is one and that one person. And then and then if you're the positive person, they're all going to jump on your back and bring you down until you end up leaving. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. So you stopped going to lunch. <laughs> you, <laughs> I ate my room. Yeah. That way I could put on music. I could get some work done. Yeah. That is what inspires you. You spent years and years and years inspiring the students that were sitting in your classroom. But at the end of the day, what really motivates and inspires Marianne? In education? 
Are you talking just in general? Just no, you, you me. personally. What inspires me? Yeah, because I mean, if you're if you're putting out the positive energy, yeah, you need it too. Yes. So is it maybe jumping on the Harley, going for a ride? Mm-hmm. Do, do, does that inspire you? Is it is it maybe read or writing a book? Or matter of fact, have you ever written a book? Wow. I mean, you I'm are working, an English teacher. I know. I'm working on um, something, but I, I'm. A student at it. I've yeah. never written a book. Yeah. And these are children's books. Okay. And well, so, if you need help, I've written too. So, <gasps> so you, you know, yeah, I mean, it, 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 see, and this, and this is what cracks me up. Okay. I am not the educator, but I've written two books. Here I am sitting with the person that inspired me, and you are telling me that you just haven't done it because. For whatever reason. And I think it's kind of funny. You can be sometimes so good at what you do that you stop actually doing it. <laughs> and, it, 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 it and it's the funniest thing ever. And and listen, grammar's really, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, you know, a little hint. I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm going to tell you, children's books are a lot easier to write. The grammar's not really not that bad. If you need help, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll spell check it for you. <laughs> So what are your books about? I mean, that that has to be fun for you. What is my um, problem with it is I have some ideas, but I don't know how to get started with those ideas. All right, we'll talk after we're done here then. Okay. How uh, how does technology make teaching more simple or difficult. You've seen it all. Oh you have you have seen it when we when we used flashcards, like real flashcards, like we had to hand write at night. To now, kids taking their smartphones to school, and if they can't use them, they start crying and they get emotional. And and and, and then we see them as young as I've seen them, first graders taking phones to school. Yeah, and it and it boggles my mind. So how has technology? hurt the business as far as teaching, but then also helped it. Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, The blessing part of it is um, that I was just helping, uh, I help teachers, okay? And so um, I'm in a group situation and they're working on something. I said, okay, get your phones out. This is an appropriate time to get your phone out and look this up. And they were able to find some answers. That's great. Yep. But the curse is <laughs> these kids are um, alternative ed. Yep. And um, they're there for a reason. I love them. They, yep, they uh, are trying sometimes. But um, they got the head, the, the earbuds in and the music I can hear across the room, mm-hmm. which to me is way too loud, not only for their ears, but for the rest of the classroom. Um, so it's that kind of thing. You know, it's it's just so different. Um, I, as a teacher and taking attendance and all those other kind of things, when the computers are down, man, oh, geez, <laughs> you're so used to this, this, and this, and trying to get a movie on, I don't know, they're called, they're not smart boards anymore. I wasn't smart with a smart board, <laughs> um, you know, because it was towards the end of, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it it has its pluses and its minuses. It really does. I think today in society, what I think is a real sad thing is that some parents are using electronics as a babysitter. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed when I taught first grade as a reading specialist, I did that for five years. We had a lot of first graders come in that were language deficient. Mm-hmm had a very difficult time carrying on a conversation. Because they didn't have were, to. Something no. was always talking to them. Yeah. The movies, the the videos. It's very passive. Like it's very passive. So 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 teachers these days, because of all this new technology, probably even have to teach differently and teach even different things because new things are coming up like that. Yes. Kid, kids don't talk anymore. People don't talk. Guess what? We wouldn't be doing a podcast right now. We'd be texting each other or emailing each other, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Pick up the flipping phone and call somebody. That's right. It, it, That's right. It's the craziest thing I've ever, ever seen. I, one question that I could not wait to ask you. 
is some people are great at remembering people's names. Others, they stink at it, and I'm one. How do how do teachers remember kids' names? And 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 does it? Were you a teacher that you remembered people's names right away, or did it take you time? And did you learn little tricks to start remembering people's names? <laughs> well, I found out very early that seating charts were a blessing. Okay, got to know their names very very quickly that way. Um, the other thing is too, um, especially high school at Aquinas, I had students all four years, a lot of times, Yep. you know, you're talking when I first started, there was well over 1200 kids Yeah. and then it got down usually around 900 Mm -hmm. for a while. So after a while you get, you get to know them. Yeah. Now. I can say that 90% of the time, if someone brings up a student's name, I know that name. <laughs> That's awesome. It, the problem is putting the face with the name sometimes. Right. And then the few reunions that I've gone to, guys look so different than they did in high school. They got facial hair, you know, yeah. and, and things like that. With the girls, the hair can be a little bit different, but... They still look the same. They, they yeah. look similar, yeah, you know, absolutely. so... Um, I, I was very fortunate. I, I've gotten that. How do you remember our names? I said, <laughs> you know. What was the difference between morning students, morning classes, and afternoon students and classes? Because there had to have been a huge difference of when you had students in the morning, and then when you had them in the in the, in the afternoon. Now. <laughs> At Aquinas. Now, those of you that didn't, you should have seen her face just right now. She took a deep <laughs> breath and looked like, oh, boy, I'm just going to let these people have it. So that was awesome. <laughs> well, I think what it is is that I think they had it all wrong when they set up times for high school. I think high school students should have started later. Um, and, and the reason for really? that. Yes, I do. They stay up later. Yeah. Okay. And getting up, it, I mean... You know, you have a teenage, you know, your daughter was a teenager, getting them up for school, uh, you know, for most of them. Yeah, but we got out early. So, I mean. I realize that, but you know what? When they're in bed. So you're telling me right now, whoever's listening, I just want to make sure I understand you right. Yeah. You are a teacher telling me that you think that high schoolers should start later. Yeah. We just opened up a can of worms. My, my email and my Twitter and my Instagram is going to be going crazy after people listen but to this one. The, the, so okay, <laughs> going, I, know. I love this lady. Now I know why she motivated you. She's telling us, going, man, we can. So what What time do you think? Because now they're they're starting around 7.30, quarter to 8. I know. What time do you think high schoolers should start? I would, I would say 8.30 to 9.00. I really do. Okay. Um, because yeah, but then, but don't you think then? I don't want to interrupt, but don't yeah. you think that if you gave them the option of staying up later, it doesn't matter where you set the bar, they're going to still tweak it and and manipulate it so it benefits them and not really the school system. So if if you said, hey, we don't have to come in till nine, then that just means that they're going to stay up till three o'clock in the morning instead of twelve. Okay. I, I mean, hear, I don't I know. See where I, you're I, going I, with I, that. I'm arguing no, no, no. with you for fun, right? Okay. I see so where I want to hear your your analogy um, of why you think people. Should... I think because I have not taught in a traditional high school since Aquinas. Okay. All right. So I teach at an alternative ed high school. Yep. It. Um, I speak at most. Uh, I, I'm actually speaking at another one in uh, November. So I love awesome. those. Yeah. And so these kids, some of them walk a long distance. Some of them take three buses to get to school. Okay. I just see them, a lot of them, their heads. I mean, they're like. Okay. (laughs) They're they're just not awake. They're just not awake. Um, I've talked to, uh, gone to some conferences and I've talked to other high school teachers and they felt the same way and they weren't teaching alternative ed. Okay. Okay. So, you know, that, so 8, 30, that is, 9 o'clock is, is it's a magical number for I, you. I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, although they get out later and if they want to hold a job, that that opens up another, you know, kind of thing. But hey, you know what? In a perfect world, 
set up a schedule just like you do in college, you mm-hmm. know, seven o'clock on or seven thirty, whatever on, and then other kids can start later. That would be a perfect world, you know, right. where kids would go to school with their own time clocks. But that's just something that I've 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 thought a lot about. Yeah. I love it. Did you play sports when you were in school? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> No, not at all. No sports. I was not athletically inclined. I just wasn't. Just because you're five foot doesn't mean, well, you're, oh, you're oh, under oh. five foot. You but know, I mean, you could have been a great bowler. Oh, that's the only thing I do do. <laughs> <laughs> I do bowl. But but sports, no. I've had people um, years ago say, were you, you know, like really athletic? You were on the cheerleading squad or were you on this? On this? I go, yeah, I thought for sure no. maybe softball or something that, that you would have played like in a bar league that or something opens a whole <laughs> thing with my sister on the softball league so that no, no. okay yeah but that's okay no. I, I excelled in other kind of absolutely if you could go back in time yeah. and take your students just hypothetical question okay. on one field trip anywhere in the world where would you take a class of students anywhere money was no object you could go back in time and say, you know what, man, that would have been great if I could have done this. First thing that came to my mind was a trip around the world. Um, to some foreign country, for sure. Have you ever been outside the, this country? Yes. My brother lives in Finland. Okay. So... So you do you think it, it, it's important for kids to see other... Uh, yeah. The way other people live? Because people don't realize how good we really have it, I think. People don't really realize. I mean, I travel all over the country. Yeah. And and I travel a lot. And I've seen some parts of this, our own country, that I'm blessed to be where I am. Yep. I was blessed that my dad worked his butt off to put me through school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, I mean, and even sometimes I, we don't even have to go to another country. We could go to a oh, different... No. Part of you the know, Appalachia. City. I mean, you can go to different yeah. parts of the country. And, so you and would take your students outside the country somewhere. I would like them to get a a feel for how fortunate they are to yeah. walk on our ground. Amen. Yep. I love that. Yep. What kind of uh, driver were you when you <laughs> first got your license? I so I often I ask. Them. I want to know. I want to know right now, just oh, just for fun, yeah. just because um, it's my show, and you're going to answer the question <laughs> because I'm asking you this time. And oh, <laughs> roles have reversed. <laughs> I I I I want to know. Did you one pass the test the first time that you took your test for the have get your license, and were you a good driver? Um. Yes, yes. Really? You passed your test? Yes. And you were a good driver. Why are you twiddling with your hair right now? I I feel like you're doing this. You're turning red because you're lying to me. (laughs) Because you didn't say my whole driving career. No, I did not say your driving career. No, I did not. I just said like when you were young. That could make a difference. That could could make make a difference. difference. So so now you're being technical with me because of that English. So you being an English teacher, do you constantly leave school? And correct people people's grammar no, everywhere no, you go. You're no, like, hey, wait, you said no, that wrong. No, I may hear, but you know what? After working it all day, it's like that's the last thing I want to do. I've been asked that um, before. No, no, I don't. Um, you know, is is but as far as driving, um, I. What was your first car? It was a Gremlin. A gremlin. A gremlin. American nice. Motors gremlin. Yeah. It was yellow with black pinstriping. I called it my bumblebee. Nice. Okay. You talked about music earlier. Yeah. What song should a student or students listen to when doing homework or listening to music in your class? Well... For homework, they can listen to anything they want. Yeah, but I'm asking you what you think a student should listen to. Oh, gosh, John. I mean, just listen. This is hypothetical. This is all just for fun. And and you know what? What kind of music do you listen to? to, 
I wanted to listen to what I wanted to listen to. So what do you listen to? I mean, now, I mean, it's all, you know. um, No, you. I know what the kids listen to. Yeah, what do you listen to? Eagles and Doobie Brothers and Loggins and Messina. What's what's the last concert you went to? It's been (laughs) Cher. You went to share. Oh, I went twice. Really? Hubby went with me the first time. <laughs> oh, boy. I bet you, yeah, he's probably didn't go back <laughs> since. Well, he didn't mind if when I said I could, could I bring a girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> How do you think students will remember you and being in your class? When you look back and you, and you hear stories like me of, of people that you did inspire and that you did motivate and that you did change their life in, in, in a way how would you want people to always remember you? And, and the reason why I'm asking you this is, is I, as I thought about this as a speaker mm-hmm. and I'm giving you some time right now to think, so I'm telling you a story. So, but uh, people often ask me that. And I said, listen, my goal is to, when I leave this, this earth, I want people to be able to go to my celebration and say, he was the same person on the stage as he was off the stage that he was the same person having a beer with than he was counseling somebody. I want to always be that one person that just made a difference and was and, and, and was true to himself. I'm not, I mean, you talked about this before we got things started. Not everybody's going to like us. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to like the way that I speak. Not everybody's going to like the way that you teach. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what do you want and how do you want students to remember you? I think that somehow, in some way, whether it's academic, personal, I would say even spiritual. You know, we mm-hmm. I, I did a lot of the senior retreats. Yeah, I know. I remember that too. Yes, absolutely. You know, but... Um, that somehow, some way, I, I made a small difference in their life that impacted them to do something better. Yep, awesome. You know, and that, and that and that's fine. Who was your favorite or worst teacher growing up? Please tell. Okay, I had, <laughs> I had a teacher. I won't give a name, um, but um, who um, actually, I was put in a closet what? i can't Back remember then I, things were a lot different because that, i mean, I mean e- that was... even with me in school there was a paddle and that and, yes. and, if, and, and if i got and i never got a paddle but if i got a paddle i knew that i was gonna get two of them when i got home yeah never got hit once as a kid but i knew that if i did i would got beat so i never got beat so you got stuck in a closet I did. Wow. I did. Just imagine if you did that to a kid these days. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Never teach again. And one of my favorite, um, she was my music She was music teacher in seventh and eighth grade. And her, ner- uh, she ended up, I loved listening to her voice. And I would wait outside the classroom. It was first hour. Mm-hmm. I was one of those that got there early because I was dropped off <laughs> a lot of the time. And I would head straight for her room because she was writing a song. Oh, really? And I sat outside and I would just listen to that. And once in a while, if we had a, you know, ended class a little early, she would play that for us as a oh, treat. Wow. Yeah. And she ended up the fifth dimension saying it. Oh, that is beautiful. Yes. And um, so she taught music. Dorothea Joyce Buckhalter. And um, she lives in California. And I've talked to her three times as an adult. Wow. Did you let her know that she inspired you as a person, as a a a kid? As a a kid, you know. And so when I look back, there were a couple other teachers. I do not remember their names. It's fine. But, you know, but that treated us so well. Treated like. Treated you like a human being? They cared. Yeah, absolutely. They cared, yeah. From a scale of one to 10, how strict were you as a teacher? You know, I would say it depended upon the year. But I would say I was between five 
I. That's not five structured. isn't very strict. Five. Well, that's what five I mean. Five's only middle it, of the road. It, it's a middle of the road, you know, for some classes. <laughs> but I would go on up. I would say. No, I, at times. But 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 if you're looking at, at your whole career and you had to put from one to ten, you would say about a five. I mean, no, which is fair. Oh, I'd, I'd say probably seven. Okay, seven. From yeah. a scale of one to ten. Yeah. Where would you place yourself as a teacher? What, okay, let me ask you this. The name of this podcast right now is Working for an A+. Yeah. If you had to put a grade on you being a teacher right now of your career, what grade would you give yourself? I would say... She's like, oh, I should have asked for that glass of wine. <laughs> B plus A minus. There's B plus always, A minus. Yeah, you know, because there's always more to learn. Uh, no, absolutely, but you, you know? but eventually you have to put a grade on something. I'm not done yet, so my my you know. So right now would be in, a, see, a B plus a, grade, a minus. Even in a grade, John. Okay, so there are different areas you're marked in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you don't get an overall grade, you know, in a class. She's getting all technical on me right am, now because she can't because give herself it, a I grade, can't. and I can't give her one because I only had her for a couple of years. So we're going to move on. What's your favorite app on your smartphone right now? Oh, my gosh. Your favorite oh, app on your smart, it's smartphone. Ringtone. It's I your ringtone. It. You love your ringtone. I can do all these different fun things with it. <laughs> Oh, I, or ringtone. the GPS or the GPS. Yeah, yes, the GPS. Right? See, I didn't make a wrong turn. I missed it, but I didn't make <laughs> a wrong right. turn. Is there a quote or a saying that you live by day to day? And the reason why I say that is because there is one for me, and that's why I just thought it was an awesome question. I do have one. What is it? And I may have it wrong a little bit, but it's okay. After all. That's been done. I still believe that people are good at heart. That's awesome. Say that again. After all that's been done, I still believe that people are good at heart. That's awesome. What's one song that you know every single word to? Any? A, B, C, D. <laughs> I love it. The alphabet. Wow, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that at all. We, we are literally just a couple minutes away okay. from wrapping this up. Can you believe all it's right. been almost an hour? I told you that no, this whole thing was, was going to go by super fast. I'm not done with you yet, though. Do you want to know who that quote was from? Who? Anne you. F- you no. wrote it. It's no. A, it's in your new book. No. Anne Frank. <laughs> Really? Yeah. You made us, I just remembered that. You made us read Anne Frank. I just got goosebumps. You made, I remember Anne okay. Frank now. Yes, you're absolutely right. Kind of a fun question, but um, uh, if we finished this interview and you left the studio and you found a lottery ticket, that lottery ticket was a $10 million winner. Mm-hmm. What would you do with that ten million dollars? Well, I would keep one for me and give the rest away. So you would basically give nine million dollars away? Absolutely, in a heartbeat. That's amazing. What about what do I need? Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. I wasn't expecting that either. <laughs> so let me. Well, then, with that one million, would you buy your husband a new Harley? Yeah, he's been bugging me. (laughs) Now, you're almost retired again for the second time. Yeah. Does he still work? He does. He contracts out. Okay, awesome. One last question, and we're going to wrap it up with this question right here. What advice would you give a student right now that wants to be a teacher or thinking about teaching? Or I'm going to take it a step farther. That would be a new teacher. But Marianne, there is a lot of teachers out there that may listen to this and that need that kick in the butt like you did back in 2001. What advice, one, would you give the new teacher? But then what advice would you give to the teacher 
that is struggling to keep things and get things fresh again. Oh. Okay. I know. See, you taught me well. You, you didn't even realize it. <laughs> a new teacher, I would say f- um, a lot of times they're assigned a mentor. And if that mentor is really a good mesh, awesome. Okay. If that's a good fit. Um, if not, stick around those, watch them. Find another one. I was just going to say, so it's okay if you're new. It's okay to say, hey, listen, nothing against you, but I'm not feeling it. I got need, I need to find somebody else. That's okay, isn't it? I, I guess it depends on the building policy of that. Oh, okay, the, so there's you know, politics. Okay, you know, gotcha. I mean, I, I have no idea, you know, different buildings. Because sometimes... But- Things are not what they seem in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, they actually become the best mentor that you have ever had in your life. Yeah. When you least expect it. So you're saying stick it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, what about for the teacher or teachers that might be listening to this right now? And maybe they're not even teachers. Maybe they're just somebody that that needs that little kick in the rear end like you did back in 2001. Yeah. What advice would you give that person? Because when... When I heard you telling that that story, I I could feel the passion inside you, like like you were struggling at that time, and because people don't they don't forget that they don't forget those times, and sometimes you have to hit bottom to pick yeah. yourself back up and smile because you're able to help other people back then. Right, we're human beings. Nothing is ever ever one hundred and ten percent all the time. No. So, what advice could you give that one person that you one? You just gave advice to the new school teacher, mm-hmm. but what about the teacher that has been teaching for maybe five, 10 years that is at that point that they don't know if they really want to keep doing it? Yeah. Um, real quickly, John, I really think that the days of teachers teaching for 40 years, I don't know if there are going to be that many teachers in the future that do that. Okay. Yep. Cause I think the burnout rate is just going to be too high, but um, you know, Whatever it is, try to find a new passion, whether it's going back to school and it's a new subject that you want to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, but stick with those people who have a big passion for what they're doing and see what they're doing because it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And if you're ready to end, I always said I would end teaching with a good taste in my mouth. Right. And so if it meant that I would find a new passion, I would find a new passion. You have a minute now to say whatever you want to end the podcast. Do you have anything that in this last hour that you think that you should say, or something that touched you that you want to say, or that you just want to end the podcast the way that you want to end it? Yeah. (laughs) yeah i do you know okay we're almost out of time no (laughs) no, i'm just teasing (laughs) you know john the other thing that i really remember is you and i sitting in my classroom and you telling me you wanted to be a motivational speaker Mm -hmm. yeah and i was then and am now very proud of you. Thank you. Because a lot of people do not go for their dreams. Right. And no matter what happened to you up until then, I'm a firm believer, like today, I am a result of everything that's happened to me. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes the negative can push us into, you know, something very positive. I am so proud of you. The impact that you're making on people is phenomenal. Um, I just, I love you and I'm really happy for you. That's awesome. Thank you. I wasn't expecting that. And that, that, that is I hope so that sweet. didn't embarrass you. No, listen. So, so speaking <laughs> so of just, embarrassing and, and, and then I, we, I, we have to wrap it up yeah. We're over an hour, but did you even know what a podcast was when I called you and asked you to be on my podcast show? Um, you know what? <laughs> did you even hear the word podcast oh, before? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. I have. I have heard that. But how it went about, <laughs> I had not a clue. So I'll be very honest with that. <laughs> that is so cool. Well, Mrs. Uh, Marianne Fischetti Brewer, I can't even thank you for hanging out with me for this last hour. 
Um, it, it's meant so much to ha- to have you come back after all these years and, and just talk about you know teaching and talk about us and talk about just how how positive people can actually be in people's lives and and that's the coolest thing in the world is we don't have to be the whole wheel for somebody all we need to be is a spoke in the wheel mm-hmm. for somebody. This is Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Thanks for listening to Working for an A-plus with my high school English teacher, Miss Mary Ann Fischetti Brewer. And you can listen to us for free, well, free at www.motivationalcowboy.com. You can also listen to us for free on soundcloud.com forward slash Outstanding Life Podcast. And don't forget, you can also download us at iTunes podcast. This is Johnny D, the motivational cowboy telling you, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. Thanks for listening. Outstanding Life is a Soul Bridge Studio production.